Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 218. John and Wendy talk to Jesse Campbell. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you, John? Wendy, I'm well. We're off to a rocking and rolling start tonight. <laughs> you know, we always try to figure out what we're going to talk about in the yep. open. I want to caveat this by saying as such. Okay. I am going to talk about my day job for what I believe is maybe the second time. If yeah, you that. don't do you, you don't talk about your day job often. I don't talk about my day job. No. If you are a marketer or somebody listening to this that wants to talk to me about my day job, don't contact me at my day job about what I'm going to talk about. However, I am very excited to announce that I have launched a corporate podcast for Team Fischl. Awesome. Some of you may remember that I started an internal show pre-COVID or during Mm -hmm. COVID, and Mm -hmm. I got to read hand sanitizer recipes and stuff. (laughs) It was a fun experiment. We did several episodes. We decided that was probably not the route to take. However... Late last year, early this year, was approached about putting something together to really talk about our teammates, really look at it as a recruitment platform. I have launched what we are calling the Voices of Team Official podcast. Love it. I interview teammates across the country in all our different business lines. We talk about their time here with the company, what they've learned, and why they've stayed with us. I've had a great time working on it, Wendy. I know you've had a chance to talk to some of your peers and what you do. It's been tremendous fun. I will have links in the show notes to how to listen to it. Would love for people to take a listen. Mm-hmm. Love feedback on it just to see what you think. It is a little different. The great part is they're nice and short. <laughs> 10, 15 minutes tops. It oh, really nice. is just a, just Very enough nice. to get to know somebody a little mm-hmm. bit and understand them and, and what, what they do with Team Fischl. I wanted to mention it because I'm super excited about it. I've always been reticent to talk about my day job because it's not necessarily germane to this conversation. Right. And again, right. I will reiterate, if you are listening and you want to talk about that, <laughs> do not contact me. And no matter how many nice iTunes reviews you write, I know you're full of it when you tell me that you love the show <laughs> and you contact me there. Because let's face it, I think right. that's the first time I've ever mentioned my day job by title, by name. I think so. I think so. Ever yeah. in four years doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to leave it at that. Voices of <laughs> T- I will say it one more time. The Voices of Team Fischl podcast. If you are someone out there looking to start a corporate show, would love to, you know, want, yeah. and you want to bounce ideas, happy to talk about that too. But like I said, Wendy, I, I appreciate that we have this platform yeah. to share that. I'm super excited. And I know you've, again, you've had a chance to do some yeah. things in your day job that have been a lot of fun too. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, I, I don't believe you said, where can we find your show? If we're out looking for it, we just launched. Uh, yeah. When this show comes out, it'll have been out for about a week and a half. Okay. We are on Podbean because okay. Podbean's the greatest. Voices of Team Official.podbean.com. I would like to think we will be on all the major platforms by then. But <laughs> for any of you that have gone through the process of posting a show, it can be a little finicky. Yeah. I know we're on a couple platforms already, but I'm waiting for the big players to code us, scan us, sure. source us, whatever the term is. Whatever they do. Index us, excuse me. I think that's what Google Podcasts okay. is. They have to okay. index us. Sometimes it can take a week or more. Okay. It's going to be on all the big platforms, which is one of the cool parts is because most mm-hmm. people I'm talking to have never done a podcast. Sure. And when you tell them, oh, you're going to be on Spotify and Apple, <laughs> they, they just get so excited. It's I'll like, bet. whoa, that's crazy, yeah. John. Like, how does that work? I'm like, trust me. I know what I'm doing. That's awesome. 
I love, I love how you're sharing it. I love that it's going to be out there for others to listen to. So excited. And, and thank you for asking how to find it. I, yeah. We will, like I said, <laughs> I'll have a link in the show notes. And yes, uh, again, feedback. I always appreciate that. And if you want to talk shop, maybe you're thinking about starting something comparable. Let's let's yeah. set up time to talk about that too. Awesome. I'm also excited about tonight's guest, Wendy. I believe, fairly certain, that this is the first time we've had one of your peers with us. I think I'm trying I, I, I think so. going back through my Rolodex and, and we've talked to a couple of my former coworkers and yeah. people I know here in the Richmond area, but yep. I think this is a first for us. So let's make the introduction and get started. Yeah, I, I'm super excited to to welcome uh, Jesse to the show. He and I worked together. Um, we were on the same team in my current job, but Jesse is no longer with us, unfortunately. Jesse is a strategic sourcing specialist with Randstad SourceRight. He is passionate about HR and developing more effective recruitment strategies. During his off time, he's covered with sawdust from working in his shop where he just started a CNC woodworking business, Craft and Carve LLC. Beyond his professional pursuits, he is passionate about volunteering to help veterans like himself transition back into the workforce after their service through an online collective called Veterati. He has been able to assist many veterans through that service. While we could list off all of his many other passions, without a doubt, he is most passionate about spending time with his wife, Ashley, and their two children in their paradise in the great state of Idaho. Jesse, again, I'm, I'm super pumped to have you here. I think you have a great story to share. But our first question, always, what's in your glass? Wendy, you know me well. I am, I am as dry as they come <laughs> when it comes to alcoholic beverages. But what's in my glass usually at night when I'm just sitting hanging out with my wife is caffeine-free Coca-Cola. You got to have something, and that's yep. that's my thing. So caffeine-free <laughs> Coca-Cola. I guess I didn't even realize, Jesse, they still made that. You know, it's 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 hard to find sometimes. I, I but thought they, so. They changed yeah. the packaging on it and the labeling. Okay. But if okay. you're, if you're uh you know if if you're a, a little a little tunnel rat like I am, I can find the with the little spots where they have it. Winco. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that chain. I think even High V owns Winco. But out here in the okay. Pacific Northwest, they have that. It's it's not sold everywhere. So you're right, John. We can get like caffeine-free diet Coke here because right. uh, yeah. my in-laws drink that. I haven't. I'm not a fan, but regular Coke. Haven't seen that in a while. That's what's in my glass with a, with a with a regular ice cube. Some people do crushed. I like the regular, the traditional kind of guy, traditionalist. I think that's the first time anybody's mentioned shape. So I appreciate you appreciate you clarifying that. Well, Jesse, how exactly did you get your start in in HR and in the recruitment world? You know, it's it was kind of by happen happen chance. You know, I um what happens when I got I got out of my my military service was going back to school kind of, you know, I, w- I had previously worked as a medic and I won't get into what else I did, you know, in the military, but I was really looking for a career change, you know, and simply put, um, my dad was really the first job I had when I was a kid. He owns a closet and uh, a cabinet business here in Idaho. And I used to work there when I was nine, you know, I go work for McDonald's fries or something simple like that, (laughs) you know, and he, it's the cheap, he's like, you know, I don't need to pay you because you sleep under my roof, that kind of thing. But uh, (laughs) really what happened is, is, you know, back in when he first started out, you know, it was a handshake. It was, Hey, you know, what have you done in the past? What you've done here and there. And that's how you would hire personnel. And, you know, since it's become so much more competitive, especially here in Idaho, I mean, there's so many builders, the population is growing so fast, finding talent quickly, especially in the trades is really difficult. And I, I really got into HR and recruitment specifically 
by showing my dad how to work indeed because I was searching for jobs. <laughs> I was going to school. I wanted to support myself. And, and he's like, hey, can you come show me this? And so I went over there. I'm like, yeah, this is how you post. You know, you want to make sure you have these things in your job description. Make sure you're honest, but don't give away too much. So, you know, I was trying. And he's like, how do you know all this stuff? I said, oh, I've been looking for jobs for a year now. And this is this is what it looks like. It was amazing because he got, I think, 17 candidates his first go around and, and hired three three people within like a week and a half. And it was just because of that simple thing. And he goes, I think you may have a talent for this. I said, no, maybe not. And so, yeah. And then I decided to to start to, to switch my degree program um, for my master's and the rest is they say is history. So yeah, I, I helped out my dad find some people <laughs> in the <laughs> trades that showed my dad how to work indeed was my first uh, kind of caveat into the HR realm. I think if you can figure out indeed, um, yeah, you probably do have a talent for it. <laughs> yeah. It's really difficult with all the cues that they put on there for, right? for people with, yeah. So, but uh, no, that was really my first experience. It was, I, and it was, it was enjoyable because I was working with my father, but he was like, have you ever done this before? And I was like, no. And he's like, you should probably do this. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll think about it, dad. Jeez. <laughs> well, you know, part of that too, you've been helping um, veterans transition from military life to civilian life. What are some of the challenges you've seen others have who've left the military for the civilian world? And what can HR professionals do to help with that transition? I, I, I would speak about myself, but I think I do a disservice to a lot of the veterans who are who are out there, heck, who may be listening to this podcast, you know, a lot of people coming out of the military, you know, there are some professions in the military, they're very transferable. Nurses, people, actually, there's recruiters, professional recruiters, some National Guards personnel are, are full-time recruiters at recruiting stations. So their transition is very easy into the civilian sector. But, you know, for my experience, a lot of the infantrymen, some of those combat-specific careers, they're just not transferable. Um, but there's some smart people, smart people that work in those combat specific, you know, all the way up from special forces, all the way down to just, as we call them, grunts. There's some people with some high IQs and they just wanted to do, you know, fill the, whether it's patriotism, whatever they wanted to serve their country. So one thing, one challenge is finding that, that new career, actually helping them to navigate what they enjoy doing on a day to day basis. You know, what helps them decompress? I found that one big thing is. You know, with my new business that I'm doing, that that helps me decompress from my day to day professional life, but also things that that I've experienced. And I think, yeah, finding that new career for veterans is is uh, is one challenge that they face. Another one is kind of finding that that uh, I wouldn't say probably a brother or a sisterhood, whatever you want to call it, that camaraderie between themselves and their fellow soldiers. Um, no matter what gender, it's just hard to replicate, especially in a, in a military setting. I think employers can do a much better job at trying to replicate that. I think employers do to some degree, and they can't really get to that full scale that the military does because it's not a matter of life and death. You know, Thankfully, in the corporate world, it's yes. not a matter of life and death. Finding that brotherhood or that sisterhood, whatever it might be, you know, that camaraderie and finding that esprit de corps that they had in the military, it's, it's very strong. And then I guess I wouldn't speak for everybody on this, but there are some. It would be uh, mental health issues, so job transition issues like that, where there's just not a lot of support. People don't like talking about it. I wish people would more. Um, Wendy knows my my backstory a little bit more with mental health and things of that nature, but I think those are three big challenges that I would see facing the veteran community specifically. I think that's that's really some, a few things that come to my mind. Jesse, we know that folks that are transitioning out or retiring from the military, they bring a lot of tremendous skill, a lot of, I think, a lot of intangibles 
based on the experiences they've had. We, and I say we collectively, but employers know many of them recognize the value of that and they struggle with how to necessarily get in front of them to get in front of those folks that are transitioning out. I'm in Virginia. We have the largest veteran population in the United States, I believe, or maybe it's North Carolina. They, they, they argue over it, I think. Between, yeah, it, they always do. I, yeah, I know it's Virginia, the- Virginia boys, <laughs> West Virginia boys. I mean, had it in my unit, so yeah. A lot of it is geographically dependent. What are some things that you see and know work well in terms of connecting employers with those folks that are coming out of the service? You know, I, I know this is really, it might be new and it might be a big lift for a lot of different employers, but you know, you have to, especially with veterans, like you said, they have those intangibles. And I think one of the intangibles that veterans bring, no matter who they are, is is commitment. Like if, if somebody pays it forward to them, they're going to repay it back tenfold, right? Like Wendy, Wendy was a great mentor to me. I will always be loyal to Wendy Daly. She is, she's my sister from another mister is what everyone (laughs) is saying. And she's taught me so much. And that whenever she will call and say, Hey, I I would, I need some help. I want to talk to you about this brainstorm. Do that. I think employers, maybe they do do a little bit more career counseling, open that up to the more, you know, if you're going to go to a, say a, a military installation or have a job fair, maybe spend some time. Do something new. Offer like, hey, what do you want to do? You shot a gun and, and operated a weapon system in the military. But what other things could, you know, we have these jobs. What can we do? Do like some pseudo career counseling in those types of opportunities, interactions, say a career. Maybe a career fair is not the best place, but brainstorm. Connect with veterans that way. I think another thing, especially when I come into the veterati side of mentoring and connecting with fellow veterans like myself, is they have a hard time transitioning by catering their resume to meet, say, civilian employer standards. You can't put managed, you know, $2.5 million worth of, of equipment, you know, <laughs> on your, they're going to be like, well, great, that's, that's awesome. Or operated a weapon system effectively and things like that. This doesn't transfer. But if you put, you know, was able to conduct um, inspections and, and adhere to certain standards, you know, X, Y, and Z, you know, to meet, expectations. I think that sounds a lot better. So that resume building, reforming, whatever you want to call it, that's what I think employers can do to to meet and help uh, veterans transition back into the workforce. I think one of the most important things, I wish this would have been, I think, I think this needs to be talked about more. And Wendy knows this. So military spouse employment. If you want to talk about who's in charge in my household, I you know, <laughs> I, I I can tell you right now, it's not me. You know, it's <laughs> I I have my own little shed out here that I'm talking to you from my little out, my man my man shed my office out here. But my wife is in charge of the house, and I respect her for that. And I think if if there was a chance to get her to get employed again as a military spouse, maybe working as a part time employee remotely doing whatever, I would I would love that for her. I don't think there's there needs to be more talk about that as well. Yeah, those are several things. So that I think resume building, helping veterans kind of navigate that. They don't get enough training. They say they do, but it's government, you know, interactions. I think sometimes they do their best, but I really think that um, there's a, a gap that needs to be bridged both between the government as they outprocess from the military, and then the civilian employers that may be engaging with them. Any employer that will help bridge that gap to the the utmost is going to get that candidate. And like I said, they're going to be committed to that employer for a long time. I, I know I would. Lots of great ideas in there. And I think too, you know, there's things that you and I worked on together. So, you know, how do we get 
how do we get that bridge going? Because it's, you know, we've got those two different languages between the military and civilian life. So try and right. find, find those folks that can be that good interpreter. I, and I think maybe to another thing, John and, and Wendy is, you know, when you're interacting with, to Wendy's point, you know, you have to get somebody who speaks the language. There is a different language, just like, you know, there, I think there, I read an article the other day, they're, they're talking about how there are different languages within different cultures, different sayings, you know, shorthands, things like that. There are, there's English, there's Spanish, there's all these other languages that are broad, but there are some of those kind of microcosms that there's different languages besides just English inside of English. <laughs> and so, you know, Wendy is speaking a truth. You need to have, if maybe not, if you, you don't have to have a whole entire recruitment team, but at least one person who's a veteran or who at least has access or who knows that lingo, heck a military spouse, because they'll know the lingo too. <laughs> we're going on base. They can be a great asset to any recruitment team, any leadership team, what have you to interact and, and enhance the, opportunities for veterans and uh, anybody else alike to navigate that those all those acronyms that we always love in corporate <laughs> and, and and the military side of things for sure you are still in the recruitment world which is great because you do have a, a talent for that what do you see as the biggest recruiting challenge over the next year honestly when i when i read this question you know I, i've been thinking about it for months so i was like oh this is great i can <laughs> i can, can mind dump i think one of the biggest challenge that's going to meet recruiting challenge is providing the right opportunities for the right roles. And what I mean by that is if you have the opportunity with it, and it may be industry specific, but if you have the right opportunity that could be remote and most of your talent wants to be remote, why are we talking about trying to keep them in the office? It should not be a discussion. It should be, we should be retaining top talent, not, okay, they need to adhere to our policies, procedures, you know, and I get the business side too, but it's also good business to have the top talent so they can help you rethink, okay, well, what are we going to do now with this large building that we used to have all these people inside of? Now we can work remotely. You know, let's do that. So I think, you know, navigating the hybrid remote work recruitment challenges, or I guess specific roles that will fit into those different categories or those that need to be in office, that, I think that's the biggest one. And, and Wendy, you know this, John, I imagine you've heard a lot of articles or read a lot of them as well. I think that's going to be the biggest challenge, especially with the post-COVID, you know, everybody kind of snapped it. You know, they're, they're, you know, the blinders came off and they're like, wow, we can do this from home. And some people <laughs> enjoy it. Some people don't. They should give up people a more autonomy to decide what's best for their life, what's best for their preferences. And any, I think any employer that will do that will just, oh, you'll just see talent flood to them. It's like, you want to work from home? Great. You don't want to work from home? Hey, come hang out with, with Sue or Bob or whoever might be in here um, in the office. We'll have, we'll have a grand old time. But giving people those opportunities and, and employers that they'll need to navigate that, I see that as the biggest challenge. Jesse, one of the things that we've done to lessen our challenges over the last year or so is ask our previous guests to provide questions to us, lighten that load a bit. In this case, Ann Tompkinson asked, if you could ask for career advice from anyone over the course of history, fictional or non-fictional, who would it be and why? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> you know, this is I could go with I could go with Jeff Bezos. I could go with the the you know, let's talk to Bill Gates and all these other zillionaires to see what they did. Maybe, you know, Steve Jobs, but really I think for myself just because I know that they'll 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 sh you know shoot straight with me is honestly, I, I, I'd want to go stay, stay home. I'd want to talk to my dad. I mean, he navigated the recession. I mean, he still kept his business going. He's still going when everybody kind of left and, and unfortunately 
lot of people lost their jobs and businesses and way to provide. I want to talk to my dad because as much as I give him a hard time, I would want to say, what did you do? How did you realign how you spend money, how you hire people, how you work and, and hammer out deals with different developers. And, and of course, he works high in the trades, but I think a lot of the principles that he may have in his responses are applicable to, we know there's might going to be a recession. It's just historical. It's going to happen again. But for a major event like that, for, for my dad to have survived, I, I would want to talk to him. And I, I, I really can just go back there. So <laughs> that would that, be the person, John, that I'd talk to. I'd be like, I don't know how you did it. But you must have kicked really hard and swam for the shore when that happened. So when the boat was going down. I love it. I love it. Jesse, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, which is the half hour question connection. What career did you dream of having when you were a child? Oh, without a doubt, I wanted to be a, a professional athlete of some some sort, either a basketball player or a football player. That was really what I what I wanted to do as a kid. I was a typical running around, getting my knees scraped up, stuff like that. Um, and then I got into high school and realized there's a lot of people who were as good as I am, and then some people who really could get after me. So that was my my first love was wanting to be a professional athlete. But alas, I, 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 I do that. have to laugh a little bit. Basketball, really? <laughs> Six feet tall. Listen, I could I could toss the rock with the best of them. Wendy. You haven't seen me with my moves. I That's true. That's true. You know, <laughs> I, w- I would not be down in the post. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> Jesse, who's one person you've gained your network in the last year that you think more people should know? Wendy knows this person, Damian Garber. So he recently left Stanford as well, or, or, and uh, he has just got a, a talent for engaging helping employers engage digitally in whatever platform that might be with candidates with and with anybody, a message that they might want to send out. He's someone that I really relied upon um, for anything and everything as far as advertisements. So he's a digital marketing um, specialist and he actually does a great job, knows his stuff. And that's somebody that I've added in my last, in the last year to my network that has really helped me see the possibilities that are that are outside just talking to somebody over the phone or what have you but you know kind of that i guess that that recruiter that never sleeps as as i put it you know facebook uh, indeed what message should we be sending how should we engage how can we better engage and find that data to kind of figure out the subtle nuances for each candidate so yeah damian garber is somebody that i've added to my network that has helped revolutionize the way i look at recruitment and hr in general Jesse, if you could go back to the start of your career, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself based on what you know now? Oh, remember to clock out. And, and <laughs> I mean, that, that says so many things. I think so many people, especially with now that I'm, you know, with a new employer, you know, I'm especially I, some people just they feel like if they don't answer an email at, at 459, that may be important that they're going to be fired or whatever, you know, they're just going to have that in the back of their mind. I think the thing I've had to train myself to do is to remember to clock out. So if I can go back and tell a slightly skinnier Jesse, yes, <laughs> clock out, go spend time with your family more, go for a walk to go sit outside, go, go enjoy everything that's around you rather than worrying about work because yeah, that that's the most important thing. So yeah, remember to clock out would be my answer. Jesse, how do you enjoy giving back to your community or the HR community or whatever community you want to help out? Besides Veterati and helping out the, the veteran community, I actually, um, within my own church, um, I, help, I work a lot with youth. So I'm a youth fundraising coordinator for my local church here in Idaho. And we, uh, 
Um, one thing we do is we go around to people's homes and we offer like it's, I think it's 20 bucks for the year. We, we go and we put up these handmade that the youth made, um, flagpoles up in people's yards on major holidays where there's a flag would be appropriate to display, you know, like Memorial Day or Fourth of July, things of that set, things of sort. And that's how I give back is I really love kind of paying it forward. Cause I mean, I, I had leaders like that when I was young and it was always great to, to have those people to kind of keep me in line. And so, yeah, that's how I, I give back is for the youth fundraising coordinator um, volunteer work that I do. Awesome. Jesse, what's your favorite movie? <laughs> oh man, this is a great question. I'm a cinephile, so I love all movies, but for, by far the most quoted movie in my life and, and in my house is uh, Princess Bride. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know how many times I've watched that movie. Um, I could say others, but by far and away, Princess Bride is, 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 it's all, it's a classic. Like everybody, mm-hmm. at least from, you know, the generations that I'm speaking to here, probably you know, <laughs> younger generations don't know it as well, but you know, the Dread Pirate Roberts, like all those quotes, like I just, I love uh, Princess Bride. It's a great movie. Fun fact about the Princess Bride. My brother-in-law was in Boy Scouts with Fred Savage. Oh, no way. <laughs> way back when. It's way back book. when. <laughs> oh man! what's your favorite or the most memorable live performance you ever attended you know i'm gonna go back to my family i'm, I'm not a big concert goer but when i when i was a kid um so my brother is a professional singer he actually lives in, in in japan but he travels all over the world and sings for whoever will hire him to sing and perform and things of that nature but he actually there was a, a choir concert during christmas i'm a sucker for christmas I can't wait. I can't count the, the day down Christmas. But there was a choir concert back when I was a kid that it was just so, it was just awesome, you know, and it was, um, it was, you know, of course, there's always the other favorites, Jingle Bells and things like that. But some of those slower, more contemplative songs about giving just the whole spirit of the concert itself. Back when I was a kid, my brother's concert that he sang with, um, I forget who his employer was at that time, but they came into town where we were at. They sang and it was just great. Well put on performance. and Everybody was so professional and so amazing. I wish I had that kind of talent. But uh, that that is my favorite live performance. Nice. So, Jesse, if you could be on any TV show, either as a character or as yourself, what would it be? If I had my say in things, a, a, a TV show that I routinely watch over and over again because it's just so well put together is House. Um, just with my medical background, when I was a medic in the Army and my wife being a nurse, we just enjoy that so much. And <laughs> And we, we laugh at it, but it's also so interesting. And I'm sure there's a lot of different uh, medical diagnoses that they, you know, misdiagnose terribly in there. But it's just, it's a great show. So I, yeah, if I had the chance to go in as a character myself, you know, maybe an extra walking around, um, it would be House for sure. Recently, it was announced it's going to be Jesse Campbell Day all around the world. What are we doing to celebrate? I'm going to cop out on this question. I'm going to say, <laughs> do whatever you want. I'm all about freedom. I'm not going to make somebody do what I want to do, you know. <laughs> I'm all about freedom of choice, you know, make sure, respect others. I think maybe, maybe just respect others' choices. And uh, I think the best thing um, that people could do maybe on my day would just to, maybe I do have an answer, uh, John. Maybe (laughs) the answer is get to know somebody that you wish you could, like somebody from another faith, somebody from another culture, sit down and talk to them about what in their life that you, they maybe would, uh, I would find interesting or you would find interesting and then vice versa. Tell them about your culture, tell them about whatever, you know, what you enjoy doing. I wish there was more of that. Um, but yeah, do whatever you want. Like, I don't care. Just be happy. <laughs> At least we can have caffeine free Coke, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. There you go. And it's all on me. There you go. It's, it's, it's cheap. 
Oh, Jesse, as you know, we are outsourcing some of our work here. So if you could ask the next guest of the podcast any question, what would it be? I think the next question I'd have, have somebody asked and, and, and have it answered would be, if you could transfer to any new career right now, where would it be and why? So what that could be a career field, okay. that could be for a different employer or whatever. And they may, and that may be personal, too personal. Let's just keep maybe to a career field if they wanted to. What new career field would they want to explore and go work in and why? I think that'd be, there's a lot of that going around right now. Yeah. I would love to get kind of that through the look through the looking glass and see, okay, they're working as an HR professional right now. Do they want to be an astronaut in, in you know, the <laughs> next year or so? Do they want to be a carpet layer or whatever? You know, you never know. So for me, it's, I want to be a woodworker in the next yeah. five years, you know, do that. Also passionate about HR. I, that, that's more of a hobby, but that's the question I would ask. Jesse, it's now in the book, so it will be asked very soon. I really appreciate you making time today. Yeah. I, you know, not, not only first time for one of Wendy's peers to join us. I believe you're our first guest from Idaho. I think. There we go. I'm I fairly so. certain about that. I-D-A-H-O. This is where potatoes grow. <laughs> <laughs> you are also the first person to mention caffeine-free Coke. Yes. I know. I, I wish I had a more exciting answer, but <laughs> Wendy knew this. I'm like, Wendy, I'm not going to know. I'm not going to, I'm going to tell Coke or something like that because that's really what I drink. It's like, water is our most popular answer. So. Water? Oh, yeah. I should have said that. Yeah. But, <laughs> I appreciate so much being willing to share your story and talk about what you're doing now and what, what you want to do when you grow up, when it yeah. comes to the woodwork. It's, it's been a great conversation. Now, I know most of our listeners are probably not connected with you. If they want to, though, to talk more about working with military, recruiting, whatever it may be, or maybe even woodworking, best way for them to reach you out there. I, I, I think LinkedIn is a great way to connect with me. I've had a lot of people, both people who I've coached through Veterati as well as people, you know, um, collaboration, anything like that. Yeah, through LinkedIn is where you'll find me. So J-E-S-S-E, Campbell, spelt just like the soup, like Wendy said, um, figure me out um, on there. And uh, yeah, that's the best way to connect with me. I love collaborating with people who are just thinking innovatively, progressively, wanting to do, you know, how can we be better? So yeah, the Claren call, reach out to me. Let me know what you guys want to talk about. I'm, I'm an open book. We will have that in the show notes. And then Wendy, how about you? Best way for listeners to find you out there? Uh, best way as always on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. And of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter at 7 p.m. Eastern time as part of our twice monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John? JohnThurman.com for all things John Thurman and for the show, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Listen, rate, review, and share. That's that's what you can do to help us. <laughs> all we ask. Following <laughs> buttons, check marks, whatever it may be. Follow that show. Get the new episodes each and every week. We do appreciate that. International listeners, we'd love to have you as part of the conversation as well. We can talk about woodworking, recruiting, Whatever the soda of choice is or water of choice, <laughs> whatever you have, wherever you may be, we'd love to talk about it. And, and to have those conversations like Jesse talked about with people that are that are different in some way than us. We, we love doing that mm -hmm. and we would love to have you take part. It is easier for us, though, for you to get in touch with us than us to get in touch with you. So reach out and let's start the conversation. Jesse, again, really appreciate you yes. taking part. And so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect give back and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. <laughs>